0: Hey everyone, you're listening to the MLEPC Podcast. Thank you for joining us. The podcast features every previous Sunday's sermon and plenty of other cool content like interviews and miniseries. Please remember to share our content and subscribe to our channel so you can stay up to date with everything that we create. You can find out more about what's happening at the church by visiting our website at mlepc.org or checking us out on our social media. Once again, we thank you for tuning in to the Emily PC Podcast, and we hope to see you at an event soon. This is an interesting economic time, isn't it? It seems like every time you turn on the news, there's more fluctuation. We feel like we're riding on a roller coaster. The craziest roller coaster I've ever been on like that, I was in Angola. This was when I was working for World Vision, and I went several years in a row Um, And and the the country was in war and then out of war and then in war. And you talk about war, destabilizing an economy. It was really crazy to see it happen. Um, And the first time that, that I went, you know, prices were okay. There was a reasonable exchange rate. The next time I went, everything was much more expensive. But if you had dollars, you could still use those and it was more stable. The third time I went, they had banned the use of American dollars in transactions. And the money, the inflation was so crazy. It was like triple-digit inflation. So where you used to be able to pay, the, the, the currency is actually the Kwanzaa. So where you used to be able to pay 10 Kwanzaa for something, my, my, uh, the country director went, took me to lunch, and she pulls out the cash to pay for lunch. And it was a bundle, 10,000, 20,000, 30,000, three bundles of what used to buy you know, a house, suddenly was buying just lunch. It was crazy to see that change. I remember I, I, I had a, a, a million Kwanzaa note. I was so excited to have a million of anything, and it was worth $2.50. <laughs> what, what Alcorn in his series is talking about is like, is that investing in things of this world is like investing in a kind of currency that's, that's where inflation is out of control. That it may have value in a moment, but that value is fleeting. It is going to go away. So when we when we put our, our hope and our trust in, in earthly treasures, he's like, it's not that it's it's sinful, it's that it's foolish. It's that it's it's just going to go away. But what we need to do is invest in things of eternal value, treasures in heaven. And the way that he points out that we can invest in treasures in heaven is to give away the stuff of earth, to hold it so loosely in our hands that we trust that it is all God's, that God is going to provide, and that we can enter into the joy of God, the Father, by lavishing his love on other people as well. As we let go of our treasure, we gain treasure in heaven, and it's an unbelievably freeing exercise. When we trust the Lord, it, it feels like we're walking a tightrope without a net. But God promises that he will provide. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. When we look at the Sermon on the Mount, the whole, the whole, it's three chapters long. The whole thing is wacky. <laughs> It's, it's like God turns everything upside down, everything that you thought you knew, everything that you thought was important is turned upside down. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. You mean the, 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 the meek who are poor and not grabbing for power and all of those things, they're the ones who are going to inherit everything in the end? That doesn't make sense. I thought you had to fight for yourself and fight for your own. He talks about turning the other cheek, that when somebody attacks you, you don't respond with anger, but instead, in humility, take the hit. That doesn't feel very good either. And Jesus goes through all of these different things where it's like we're losing control, but he's saying, trust the Father. He's the one who is in control. He is the one who will protect you and provide for you. When you have faith in him, that's when everything comes together. And he specifically then spends a chunk of the passage looking at, at money and at our, our material goods. How are we supposed to treat that? Our human hearts want to store up as much as we possibly can. It makes us feel safe and provided for and, and everything will be okay. But he's saying that is fleeting. That is going to go away. I know a lot of the lamplighters you've been studying in the book of Ecclesiastes, every, it, everything is meaningless. It's not just meaningless. It's fleeting. It's, it's a wisp of wind, and it's going to fade away so quickly. But Jesus is saying, store up your treasures in heaven. Earthly treasure is, is fine, but it's temporary. Heavenly treasure is eternal and we, as Jesus is, is going through this passage, what will you eat? What will you drink? Don't worry about all of those things. Boy, is that ever speaking to us today. How many of you, like, read or, or, or watch the news and instantly think, ah, <laughs> you know, it's so crazy what's going on. And yet God is saying, don't worry It cracks me up that he says, you know, don't worry about what you're going to wear because as soon as I get invited to anything, my first thought is, what do I wear? (laughs) Women do that. Maybe not the guys. But we know that Jesus Christ is the one who is in control and is providing, and we can trust him, even though it feels like it's out of control when we let go of these things. But Jesus is saying to us, the stuff is not what's important our hope is in Jesus Christ. If you seek him first, seek first the kingdom of God. Orient your whole world toward him, and all of the rest is going to fall into place. And boy, is that ever hard. It's interesting to think about the human heart and why we are wired to seek treasure. I mean, obviously, it's, it's it's partly about safety, it's knowing that, that you know, a rainy day fund, it's, it's like knowing that our needs are going to be provided for. It's also sometimes competition or control, like having control over your little sphere, your little life. But God is saying that is absolutely futile. Again, Alcorn says, here's the quote, do not store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Why? Because earthly treasures are bad? No it's because they won't last. It's like storing up Kwanzaa. It's it's like storing up money that is just going to disappear in value. Far better to give that away and to help someone who can't buy bread now so that God will provide in the future as well. It's interesting to think about how people have stored up. He uses an example of a man who was a missionary in, um, in Egypt. He was a a Borden like related to the Borden family um, very very wealthy but he felt called to be a missionary and he gave his money to missions and he went himself to to Egypt and he served there but then he died very young of spiral a spinal meningitis and all you all that's left is this little tombstone in a back alley somewhere in Cairo and then, as Alcorn said, described going to see that, that little headstone and knowing that this man had had an impact on thousands of people and many, many people became missionaries because of his witness. And then they went from there to the, 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 the Egyptian museum that has all the treasures of King Tut. And all King Tut's treasures were in a storehouse still. Was King Tut able to take them with him? No. No. But Borden, his treasure was in heaven. His treasure was waiting for him when he got there. There was nothing that he left behind other than a dusty tombstone in a dusty alley. But the treasure was in Jesus Christ. He knew that his hope and his own life was in Christ uh, Alcorn had a quote of a bunch of different millionaires, of people that, that had seemed successful from a human standpoint. And, and he's asking the question Did money make them happy? Uh, Pittsburgh's own Andrew Carnegie once said Millionaires seldom smile. Wasn't that heartbreaking? Some of the most joyful people I've ever met are are in Africa, and I'm so grateful that we have Pastor Job with us. He reminds me that that joy is not found in stuff. It's found in life and and sharing and giving and worshiping the Lord. That is where the great joy is. God wants us, Alcorn says, not uh, not to hold on to these things, And not to not store up treasure at all, but he wants us to relocate it, not renounce our treasure. So relocate it. What does it look like to relocate your treasure? Knowing that that what is going to keep you safe on a rainy day, what's going to provide for you is not the stuff here, it's the Lord. And he wants to teach us how to be a steward of the resources that he gives us so that we can have as generous a heart as Jesus does. Alcorn talks about having a little card in in his wallet. On one side it says, God owns it all, I'm only his money manager. (laughs) God owns it all, I'm only his money manager. And on the other side it says, God cares what I do with the money that he entrusts to me, so I'd better ask him. (laughs) How many times, uh, okay. Amazon shopper right here, like how many times when I, just before I click the, you know, add to cart button, am I saying, God, is this what you really want for me? So many times I'm sure he would say, no, you do not need another kitchen gadget. <laughs> but God wants... To, to use us and to use our treasure in a way that is going to build his kingdom. And in order to get our priorities straight, we have to think about what his kingdom values are first. And foremost, those who are lost, those who are in need, those who are broken, God wants to give and bless and provide. And as we, as we give, we see in, the, in Acts chapter 2, as all of the Christians came together, as their numbers were growing daily, they shared with each other. However one was in need, they would give back and forth. And God used each other, he used the family of God to, to be able to provide for needs. The treasure of giving is something we often don't think about. We feel like it's losing control, letting go of something, making a huge sacrifice. But what God is saying is that there is joy and treasure in that, even in the moment. The example that Paul gives as he's gathering up an offering to give to the impoverished Christians in Jerusalem, he gives the example of the Macedonian Christians. And this is what he says in 2 Corinthians 8. Um, Out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. You don't think of, of severe trials and suffering and poverty in the same sentence as generosity. But he's saying here were these people who had nothing who had every reason to feel sorry for themselves, who felt like everything was against them, and yet they were looking beyond themselves. They saw they had a heart for the people of Jerusalem, and they wanted to to give, even though they had very, very little left. I had a roommate one time when I was in grad school who was, she had the most horrible job I can even imagine. She was a librarian with the University of Chapel Hill, UNC Chapel Hill, and her job was to edit the online catalog every day. Can you imagine how boring that would be? She would sit there at a computer and edit an online database. But she had this amazing gift of generosity. And every year when, when it came time, they had a giving system through their, their payroll so that they would be able to give part of their paycheck before taxes. And she would pour over all of the different options and she gets so excited about who she could give to. And she had nothing. The salary that she was making was, was barely minimum wage. And yet she took great delight and giving, and I would watch her go through this process. She would spend hours thinking about, ooh, I could give to this, and oh, I could give to that. And, and you could see where her heart was based on where she chose to, to, to give, even out of her poverty. And it was always so convicting because she took so much joy in that. Whereas I tended to kind of, you know, do the thing because I needed to, but not because I took joy in it. But watching her, seeing her, even in her poverty, was, was such a blessing to see how she was building up the kingdom of God. As um, one thing that Alcorn says that I really like, he said, our money can, where our heart is, where our treasure is, can be like a gravitational pull. So if we feel like the money is what we need to, to keep and, and gather and store up, for, for future days, all of our life starts to rotate around that, that center of gravity. It, we, we get into the orbit of that. It's like a black hole that just sucks us in, and we can't escape that gravity. But he's saying the thing that breaks it, he says, we escape the gravity, entering a new orbit around heaven, the residence of our King Jesus, where we've invested our treasures. So when we give, we break the power of the gravity. When we give, we're saying, that like, I am letting go of control of this, and I am seeking the Lord. And we're choosing to shift our allegiance, our, our pull to Jesus Christ, to his promises, to his kingdom, to, to the body of Christ, rather than being sucked into this vortex uh, of, of power and stuff and competition and, and comparison that will rob us of joy. God wants us to be free from that, to be generous as as Christ is generous, as God has given us all things. He's given us the sun and the moon and the stars and himself so that we could be set free from all that binds us in the United States. One thing that he talks about, um, he has had several conversations with people that, that were longing to have a heart for missions. Like, you know, I really should care more about missions, but, you know, it's really hard to care. I get caught up in my daily life. I get busy. I don't think about it much. And he's like, okay, here's the solution. You want a heart for mission? Give to missions. He said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. When you give to the the East Kano mission that that Pastor Job is working on, your heart tends to go there because we are excited to see what God is doing with, with the things that we have given to him. When your heart is with something that you care about rather than with your stuff, It transforms your heart because that's where the treasure is, because you see God at work and God on the move. But this is hard. This is a hard economic season to look at a joyful way to handle money. It has been really, really hard for the church. With with all of the craziness with the pandemic and everything that has changed, our, our giving has gone down by 10%. So we've had to adjust, uh, we've had to downsize our staff some, make other program adjustments, and seek the Lord. What I've been realizing is that we often, you know, we've had a a fairly healthy endowment, um, but we've often trusted in rainy days in the endowment instead of the Lord. But you know what the the stock market has been doing, and it's been crazy to watch that, that number drop. And it's a reminder. It's like God is saying, do you trust me or do you trust the endowment? Do you trust me or do you trust the the bank account? Do you trust me? Are you going to seek me first? And the the session has had to just white knuckle it sometimes saying, okay, God, we trust you. We trust you. We trust you. We trust you. We don't trust you. We trust you. (laughs) Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. But God wants to build our trust. And to do that, we have to give him the treasure to say this is all yours, Lord. What does that look like for your family? Alcorn challenges us to take a look this week at, at our finances. What do your finances say is where your treasure is? Is your treasure with, with activities or travel or stuff or your kids or, or a thousand other things? Or is your treasure first... With the kingdom of God, my dad always said, write your tithe check first. <laughs> write your tithe check first. I pay that bill first. Give to the Lord first. And then see how all of the rest of the money comes together. I, I, I love the story that my parents tell over and over that, that there was this time that they uh, were living on the GI Bill. My dad was in graduate school, and, and they decided to host a tea to, to tell others about Jesus. They had this little time at their house to tell about Jesus. And my mom had bought some little groceries and things for that, and the check bounced. And she was so frustrated with God. She's like, here I was doing something for you, and you're not providing. Where are you? And she complained to a friend, and the friend said, trust the Lord, give this to God, he is going to show up. And my mom was like, you know how you get, it. you're like, okay, show me, you know, Missouri, like, show me, say, like, I, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. Well, a couple of months later, she, they got a letter in the mail saying that the government had given a raise in the GI Bill, retroactive to the day of that coffee retroactive to the day that my parents gave to the Lord. And it is hard sometimes to trust. It's hard to, to say, God, you are going to be able to do this. But God has promised. And if we put our treasure in him, if we seek first his kingdom, we know that he will provide. As we think about this, remember that we can never outgive God. God is the one who has given us breath and life. He has given us each other. He has given us a calling and a a purpose in our lives. But more than anything, he has given us himself. He has given us this table that we come to today. Jesus' body broken for us. His blood shed for us. That is the, the... infinite treasure and gift that God could give. He didn't just give us things, He gave us Himself. And He gave us Himself to set us free, to set us free from the gravitational pull of the world so that our heart can be centered on Christ, that we can be filled up with Him and sent out, blessed to be a blessing. As we come to the table, this morning, and as you come to your table at lunch and at dinner, know that God is the one who gives the most generously. May we be children after our Father's own heart. Hi, this is Pastor Carolyn. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you'd like to find out more about our church, you can check out our website at mlepc.org, and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a podcast. Have a blessed day.